Welcome, everybody, to SCI's First for Hunters podcast. I'm your host, Ben Cassidy, Executive Vice President for International Government and Public Affairs at Safari Club International. doesn't matter where you hunt, what you hunt, or how you hunt. You've come to the right place if you're a hunter. This podcast will give you the latest breaking news on what's happening and what you can do about it to protect your freedom to hunt. All right, all right. Well, welcome back to the First for Hunters podcast. It's Ben Cassidy coming live on the final day of the SCI annual convention in Nashville. Energy's been just explosive. It's been crazy, shoulder to shoulder, more people coming in, booking hunts, planning the adventures of a lifetime, also supporting everything that we do in terms of advocacy, the business of our business. And I'm so honored to be joined today by one of our past federal legislators of the year, the great senator from the great That's state it. of Kansas, Senator Roger Marshall. But don't you feel welcome here in Nashville? I, th I think that's what I keep telling people is I've never felt so welcomed by a community. And uh, in, the, in this era we live in, uh, it is so nice to be, have a group of hunters be, be welcomed and just had a great, great time here. Um, my wife didn't come with me this time, and she's sitting at home. I'm sending her pictures, and she is mad as <laughs> Don't do that. Heck. <laughs> That's cruel. Um, yes, exactly. So we'll get her back next year. How about that? You know, I, the concerts. I didn't know you guys were doing concerts. Oh, Neither yeah. did she. Over the top. Jason Aldean on Thursday night over at the Bridgestone Arena. That was rocking and crazy. And last night, Big and Rich. Did you take them in? I, I did not. Foreigner tonight. Yes, that's what I've been waiting for. So that's my era would be Foreigner. And I hear there's going to be even some bigger acts next year. Oh, it's, it's kind of just our theme is we just get bigger and bigger and bigger. It's what our folks expect, and it just seems to work out that way. So, But how do you get bigger than Foreigner on a Saturday night? Exactly. You have classic rock and roll. Yeah. I cannot wait. I'm so excited. But, yeah, like, like you said, I mean, just the warmth and the welcoming from the people of Nashville, but also just from our tribe, you know, our SCI members as they all gather together from all their different corners of the world. Um, and it's just so cool to see that embrace and also that – um, focus that they all have on addressing the issues that face hunting. And it's just been so, such a privilege and honor to be able to recognize you for everything that you've done for us on the front lines um, in your role in the United States Senate. Um, so I just wanted to, to give you a chance to kind of talk a little bit about, you know, the committees that you're on um, and the issues that you're seeing that, 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 that hunters confront currently <laughs> well but ben one we of my enough time yeah one, <laughs> one of my bragging points is that we're leading the league in vetoes by joe biden yeah. and threatened vetoes so we're very proud of that pushing back on on his attack on our constitutional rights you know i, I went to uh, congress knowing and i had to fight to protect the second amendment and I didn't realize I'd have to fight to protect our constitutional rights, uh, such as uh, freedom of speech, freedom of religion, and just a constant barrage on all those constitutional rights. Believe it or not, back home in Kansas, whether you're a senior citizen or a young adult, uh, after the open border, the number two issue is now this attack on our constitutional rights. And this, remember, the Second Amendment is like this pillar out there, that if you give that one up, you know what's next as yep. well. And I, I, maybe I underestimated why it's so important yeah, again it's the flagship out there the second amendment is the flagship for america in so many ways amen i love it it makes me think too about just in hunting in general these sort of pillars that stand and how the the other side the antis the crazies they really have a <clears throat> one strength that they do have is they unify and they go after direct targets and we're seeing it you know in places like 
say, Colorado with a mountain lion, bobcat, lynx hunting, where they're all coming together trying to, trying to knock that down. But you knock those pillars down, they just move on to the next species. Then it's bears. Then they knock that down. Eventually, they get to ungulates, right, which is the backbone of American hunting. Um, have you seen that kind of playbook across the, the board? Well, you know, it's, I think the Endangered Species Act is just a great example of this, how they weaponized it. How many, how many animals ever come off the Endangered Species Act? You know, once you get them on there, then they use that as a lever. You know, in my case, oil, they shut down our oil and gas. You, you can't even go check your oil well if it's prairie chicken mating season, uh, let alone you run a disc through your field as well. So we, they're using the, this again. This is a constant attack on America by this White House. That's what it feels like to me. Totally. I just had to add to that, too, um, saying nothing ever comes off the Endangered Species Act. Well, some things do, <clears throat> like the like the gray wolf. But then when it comes off, where's the party? Where's the confetti? Where's the cake? There's nothing. You get a lawsuit, and then it's not off the list anymore. I said you know it was off the list yet, uh, so forgive me. Yeah. No, 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 no. no. I'm not trying to correct you. I'm just saying yeah. it's not. It's not an open season. But, you know, it, it, the, the rule went through under Trump saying it's delisted, but immediately the courts come in and these groups that just make money off of it. Um, you know, shut it back down. And what and, and what our story, though, Ben, is we have to share our story that after ranchers and farmers, they were the original conservationists, the second group was been hunters, fishermen, and we put our money where our mouth is. If you want something to come off the endangered species list, let a group of hunters manage that habitat, and by golly, we'll bring it back, right? Yep, absolutely. It's been proven. Yeah, yeah. I, mean, I, I call it America's greatest export is the North American model of conservation. Yeah. Just, I mean, we are in the golden age here um, of species populations, and it's because of the hunter. Yeah, we, we manage the habitat. This is not rocket science. You manage the habitat, um, and, and you manage the herd as, as well. So what, you know, why does Kansas have one of the, 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 the biggest quality of deers in the country? It's because of the way we've managed that herd. Love it. So tell me... What's it going to take to get more people to think the way that we do, the SCI members do in the U.S. Senate? We're in an election year right now. Yeah. You know, I, I think we, you have to really start at, at the grass levels and telling our story and telling our story. Uh, you know, Jim Shockey did a great job this morning kind of telling the why of hunting and that it's so much more than pulling the trigger. Yep. Um, you know, in a, especially if you're a big game hunter, the pulling the trigger is probably 1% of the trip. And it's, it's the meeting of other people. We got to speak to veterans today, how important hunting is to veterans, that it gives them that sense of camaraderie again, using some of the skills that they learn. But as we see this mental health crisis across the country, hunting is one of the solutions. Just being in the, it is, it's not unique to hunting. Anything in the outdoors is great therapy for a person that's having stress. Yeah, absolutely. We actually have a uh, SCI Life member, Keith Tidball, who's a professor at Cornell, before you get mad, you know, at Cornell or anything. He's doing incredible research right now about the therapeutic scientific studies on the therapeutic wow. benefits to veterans of getting out in the field and hunting, going yeah, on turkey hunts. So I read some of his studies. Yeah. I didn't realize he was an SCI member. Oh, yeah, he's though. here. Yeah, yeah, so I was reading about it just because I was curious. I mean, cool. certainly that's what it feels like to, to me as a person that's out there, as a veteran myself, taking veterans. There just is a special connection out in the field. And then I wanted to see, was there scientific research to back it up? And what do you know? There is. It's great that he's an SCI member. Yeah, he's the man. Uh, so I had the amazing honor and privilege to go to Kansas for the first time um, this last, uh, when was it, November, yep. to go crane hunting and pheasant hunting in Great Bend. Uh, I wanted to hear from you a little bit about sandhill crane hunting because it was my first time. It's not my last time. It's incredible. I think that you 
do it a little bit here and there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's so it's the first Wednesday after the first Saturday uh, in, in November is opening day for crane season. You know, you kind of grow up with uh, when's, there's always a traditional uh, opening day of duck season, opening day of prairie chicken season, and so on. So it's become quite a tradition. Um, as I we live between two waterfowl refuges, Cheyenne Bottom and Quivira, mm -hmm. so maybe half of the Central Flyway waterfowl touch those refuges. And at a given time, we there'll be several weeks where we have over a million waterfowl between those two refuges. So I grew up hunting prairie chicken, quail, a little bit of pheasant. Moved out to Great Bend, uh, just a little bit further west, and then we had this incredible duck hunting and goose hunting. So you kind of you go through these stages of hunting. You, I think duck hunting is probably the easiest. And so we mastered duck hunting, and then we mastered goose hunting, and and then one of my buddies says, "Well, let's try this crane hunting as well." And I would argue we're the the best um, amateur crane hunters in the world right now. That that we have an incredible collection of decoys, and again, it's all about the hunt. Um, you can't shoot till sunup, but we, we, we scout it. We have pit blinds out in the, in the field and cornfields. As we say, we set up decoys. And just to see these magnificent birds decoy into it in, and they just look like, you know, like, like B-57s, you know, landing in the middle of your, of your decoys as well. Yeah, talk about the sound. I mean, it's like yeah, a yeah. helicopter's it's, coming down. It's like a helicopter, and, uh, you know, my brother says, it's like shooting pterodactyls. You know, we grew <laughs> yeah. up hunting quail, and now we're hunting these big, big beasts. They're like 17, 19 <laughs> oh, yeah. pounds, but, but even broader, and, and I don't know if they're what they are, six-foot, seven-foot wingtip, tip-to-tip. But it's been quite an experience and, and love taking people for their first-time hunts. Yeah, it was incredible. You know, and I actually got to hunt with some of the, the guys that, that you hunt with, your crane crew. You were busy <laughs> defending our freedoms in D.C., so yeah. missed you on this one. So maybe I got to borrow your spot, so thank you for that. Um, <laughs> but we were with a, with a, with a life member, Stan, um, and I'd never heard this before or seen it, but he calls the crane. Yeah, he does. Like, uh, and he's really the only one I that I know that can call them. We've all we've all bought our crane calls, but he's the only one that I know. We call him the crane whisperer. Yeah, the crane whisperer. Hey, he proved it though. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's very good at calling, and he's very good at just knowing. You know, it's about where to set up and how to set up, and so that you're not out. It's really, you know, it's the hunt. Yeah. And there's nobody than than our crane crew, uh, Stan and Tim Keenan, and the guys just do a great job of of scouting it all out and knowing. The, you know, which corner to put the blind in and and uh, what way is the wind blowing you want the sun at your back yep. and all those good things it's professional i mean the amount of decoys we put <laughs> out right those birds didn't stand a chance but um so after that i got a chance to go to colby um really good kansas state country right there's a lot of emoc shouts going on um, and we did some pheasant hunting out there and i'd never done this before maybe maybe you could explain it a little bit to folks but it was the uh crop corners like corners yeah. of the fields with like the pivots right so you know there's fury in a pheasant's wing do you remember the first time a pheasant exploded underneath your feet even if the dog's yeah. got them pointed yeah i mean it, if they're close and they jump up it just like you can feel the vibration off their wings it's such a beautiful beautiful bird um but in kansas we have a lot of what we call center pivots so you have a a quarter section of land and so that's a half mile by half mile. That's a quarter section of land. There's a pivot that goes around the circle 
uh, maybe it's uh, typically it would be corn or soybeans. And then in the corners of it, it may have been fallowed wheat or CRP, Conservation Reserve Project, another yep. big legislation that we support and we push for as well. So the, the, the pheasants hang out in the corners. And then they, when it's breakfast time, they, they make their way over to the cornfield. Pretty simple. And it sure makes the hunting a little bit easier. It was amazing. I mean, those corners are actually pretty big. You can really wear yourself out. And I mean, they were loaded with birds. Everybody was kind of, you know, being a little pessimistic, saying it's been really dry. We're not going to see anything. But, man, we saw action out there. It yeah, it's, it's a great time. I mean, it's not South Dakota, Pheasant. I tell people that we don't have the best of anything, but we, but we have good everything. Um, so we have this incredible quail and pheasant hunting that we would mentioned, the, the ducks and the geese and the sand hill crane. We got great turkey. Um, mentioned our deer a little bit as well. So um, it's, it's still, I mean, how many, you're going to shoot. What is it? Probably three pheasants this year was the limit as well. So yeah, you go to South Dakota, you're done by nine o'clock. What's totally. fun is that? Yep. Come to Kansas and we will shoot crane in the morning. And then we're going to go hunt uh, quail and pheasant. And then in the afternoon, how about a turkey hunt? I love it. Or, or maybe we'll set you up in a deer stand if you're, if you're, if you're, if you're family. You know, we you said, were talking <laughs> the other day about doing a four species. That's it. Yeah. yeah so someone awesome. comes visit me in a weekend. That's what we try to do is get four species. And if they can shoot, I can get them five species. But if we have to spend all day shooting, a, you know, to get a couple of pheasants because they can't hit them, then it kind of slows down that you don't get to the turkey in the afternoon, right? What's a five species called in Kansas? Is it called like a marshal or? I, that's a great question. You know, they talk about the, special, the, the, like... the Grand Slam, Kansas Grand Slam, but it, I'm not sure what you'd call a five. I'm going to have to <laughs> work on that senator special i love it <laughs> that, that's it so I, I mean you just right now senator just come to life you know talking about what we love the most so i kind of want to bring it back full circle and just say you know these elections you know why it's so important for folks to get out and vote yeah you know, they, yeah they say you know every you know, everyone tells you the next election is the most important but boy doesn't it feel like this one i mentioned earlier yep. this threat to our constitutional rights but but let me you rest assured that Joe Biden wants your guns. Even in Kansas, as we speak, he's shutting down gun stores because uh, basically clerical errors. Yep. Where someone, uh, those gun stores have, have uh, misspelled someone's middle name. They're shutting the store. They're, coming, they're not coming and say, here's your warning. Uh, you need to do this. They're just shutting them down. So they are coming after your guns. Uh, they're coming after your hunting, almost using this ecology. Again, we're the greatest ecologists, the environmentalists, but they, they want, they, they have this, I don't get it. They want us to look at the forest, but not hunt in the forest. I, I just, yep. I've always been this person. I want to see it. I want to taste it. I want to feel it. Yep. Um, I loved hearing uh, Chairman Westerman was here and he said, preservation's for pickles. You know? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So they, they want to shut us down. Um, and then it goes beyond that to, to your freedoms, your constitutional rights, the freedom of speech, your freedom of religion, which are being threatened every day as well. Uh, you know, they shut down our churches. They shut down our synagogues. Um, they, they don't want Christians to be able to participate in adoptions or foster parents unless you embrace this concept that biological boys should compete in girls' sports. Um, and Kansans aren't for that. No. <laughs> Not the folks I met out there, not at all. Great, great people out there. They were the kindest hosts I've ever seen in any state until they asked me out of curiosity, where are you from? I said, well, I'm visiting from Washington, D.C. They're like, Oh, well, <laughs> I'm not from kind of, there. kind of scared okay, us. Okay, yeah. kind, of, kind, kind of scared. But people, yeah, and that's, but to, you know, circling back here, yeah, there are people out there in some tough races. We need to keep, we need to get the majority of the Senate back. We have critical races in, in Montana, Ohio, several other ones yep. as well. But we have a very good chance at getting it back. Probably, if, and if we don't get it back now, it's not going to happen for decades. Exactly. We've never had a better hand dealt to us that's than it. we do this time. So we're just too, we're down by.
by two. We've already won of them. Uh, Joe Manchin has yes. quit, yep. so we won West Virginia, but we have to win either Montana and or Ohio. There's other possibilities out there, but those are the two ones that are ripe, ready for harvest. I'm ready. I love it. Good, great hunting states, too, so you know that we'll be out there educating and activating hunters. Well, I want to close this off, Senator, You know, asking you, as a hunter, as a legislator, as a hunter-legislator, what that means and how it, you know, informs, you know, how you go about your business in Washington, D.C. Right. So, you know, my career background as a physician, I practiced medicine for 25 years, delivered a baby most every day for 25 years. I uh, grew up hunting and fishing, was the luckiest guy in the world to have a dad and uncles that took me fishing and hunting all the time. And you think about your happiest memories growing up, I typically, they're out in the field. Um, my dad was a relatively quiet man. He never sat down and said, son, let's have a discussion. It was more like a little lesson here, a little lesson there. And quite often it had to do with the, what we were, the, the way we, we did this. You know, shut the gate behind you. How come we're just going to come? No, you shut the gate behind you every time we go. And, and we had this uh, reputation. We could hunt anywhere in Kansas practically because of my dad's good reputation. And then I think now, um, taking my, my sons who are all grown now, the going hunting, my baby is off to the Army and into Poland now, and you know the skills maybe that I taught him might you know, help keep him safe. But now I've got four grandchildren, and the thrill of last year was them coming to visit me on our family farm and, and uh, seeing them shoot a BB gun, eight-year-old shooting a BB gun, hitting the target, just that thrill of hitting the target. Um, you know, starting their first fire. Yeah. You remember your first, I mean, Definitely. I had to fight his uncle's back to say, no, let, let, let Roe start this fire. Will you, <laughs> will you guys give him a chance here? And then to take him hunting with us. Um, he didn't, he's not ready to, to hold a gun or she, he carried his BB gun with him. Awesome. But just to see him just eating it up. Yep. Uh, I, I think that that passing it on, that camaraderie, it's a family thing. And then you, you, know, you gather the, the food and then you fix it for Thanksgiving. And now we're going to have a butterball turkey, but but in addition to that, we're going to have some sandhill crane, maybe some fried quill and mashed potatoes with it. So just participating in that Thanksgiving dinner is yeah. just a great memory I had I love as it. a little kid. I uh, I went down to Austin for Thanksgiving this year, straight from Denver, which I drove to from Colby, <laughs> with a cryovac of sandhill crane. There you go. And we had a butterball turkey. We also had sandhill crane, butterball turkey. There were leftovers for sandwiches. There was no sandhill crane leftover. And there was a number of people that had never had it before. Thanksgiving is the best time to share some game meat because you're going to turn on some new people. It may not be the best time for you because you're going to have a hard time holding on to your meat, but <laughs> everyone else is going to fall in love with it. Absolutely. But, Great. Senator, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, you're the real deal. We really appreciate everything you do for us. I know that uh, you could be doing better things right now, like – buying hunts on the floor, because I'm sure that we're keeping you from your passion out there. But this means a lot for, for, for our members to hear from you. So thanks for joining. Yeah, thank you for Safari Club International for all you do, helping put wind beneath my cells on Capitol Hill, up fighting the fight. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. Well, thanks, everybody, for listening in. It's been another great conversation with your past Federal Legislator of the Year, U.S. Senator Roger Marshall of Kansas. Um, if you like this episode, give us a comment, like, star, subscribe, follow, um, and we'll see you out there. Have a great one. Bye.